Are you ready? It's time for the Hammered Sports Podcast. You heard it. It is time for the Hammered Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Gray, here with my co-host, Tom Abbey. Cheers, everyone. It's a snowy Wednesday in western New York. Yeah, it finally feels like winter outside. It does. That's There's no question about that. I had to put away the flip-flops today for the first time this year. Yeah. Well, since April, maybe. Yeah. Um, Tom, give us a quick rundown of what we're going to look at tonight. Uh, we got a college football full week. Uh, we have the NCAA championship game previews. There's 10 of them. We're going to, you know, quick stop on each one. Then we're going to go over some more of the NBA team's review previews. We're going to talk in hammered takes. We're going to talk about who should be in the college football playoffs, run down maybe a couple scenarios and how it could shake out, preview the NFL big games. Then we're going to do our picks of the week uh, with a little different one for college football. We're going to pick all 10 college football championship games against the spread. Should be a lot of fun. Yeah, and we'll have stuff. Uh, on the record and uh, see how we do just predicting championship games in this tumultuous college football season that we've had. Absolutely. So uh, let's start with talking about what stood out to you last weekend. I think the, the, the NFL weekend was amazing. So many good NFL games. We talked about it last week. It's going to be a while before we have a, a weekend where there's that many good teams against each other again. What kind of stood out to me was the same old teams were kind of winning some of these games, right? Uh, it seems to be a little familiar, so we'll kind of see how it shakes out. But the chaos that is the NFC, too, not as many wins, but there's a lot of teams that are have a chance still alive. You know, the old in the hunt. A lot of NFC teams have a shot at it still. So the last three weeks could be crazy on that side. Yeah. Um, I mean, what stood out to me, my lock of the week came in just as I expected it to. Uh really controlled that football game if you ask me and uh you know buffalo just really really dominated pittsburgh and it's one of the strongest plays i've had all season long and i didn't see any way that you could bet the other side of that game um you know and and it it played out exactly how we expected it to uh in the college ranks what stood out to me Throwing a shoe can cost you a chance at a national championship. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, sometimes you just wonder what these young men are thinking. <clears throat> I get it's emotional game. You're you're into it. You're going for it. But wow, just to, to cost your team because you can't control your emotions enough to not throw someone else's cleat down the field is just silly. Yeah, and you know the explanation that Dan Mullen tried to give just falls flat with me, saying that. You know, he had the shoe in his hand, and he went to throw his arms up to celebrate with his team. Nah, that's bullshit, man. Uh, that's garbage. You watch that, and you can see very clearly he takes it and chucks it down the field. And, and in my opinion, as a leader of men, especially young men, to give him that out is not doing him any justice. You need to hold his feet to the hold fire. Hold him accountable. Let him, you know, to, to kind of make excuses for him just, you know, allows him to think, oh, yeah, see, I wasn't wrong. Coach that. Yeah. You know. And then uh, North Carolina, with a dominant performance against Miami, really stood out. Yeah, that was a big uh, big swing game for them, and it looked great. And Miami's offense did not look like it had the last few weeks. Um, definitely interesting to see how that'll work. Can I introduce an idea to you here? Maybe. 
I'll save it for later. I'll save All it right. for later in the pod. There, there's another spot that it fits better. All right. Um, but our consensus pick, Iowa handing Wisconsin an L, 28-7. to We got Iowa at a plus two. And we were 2-0 oh in our money line picks again. Just uh, There's something about finding a good dog that we, we seem to be really uh, well at, uh, do really well at here. Yeah. Uh, the Lions, another one that I really loved, felt in danger for an extended period yeah. of time in that game. But uh, they were able to rally and, and come out on top. I thought that was a team that wouldn't quit once they got you know, Matt Patricia out of the out of the room. Uh, wouldn't be surprised with a you know strong effort again this week, despite their their underdog status. Yeah. So um, and that team can score when healthy. It's been an up and down season for them, but they can move the ball. No question. All right, let's uh, let's move on. What are we going to go to next, Tom? NCAA championship preview. We're not going to waste any time. We're going to do the preview now. The picks later. So we're starting off, we're, we did these in order of time that they're played. The first few of these games are Friday night. You don't need to wait till Saturday. We're going to start right off with the Conference USA Championship. Alabama-Birmingham versus Marshall. Marshall right here, I have him as a 5.5 point favorite. Marshall is coming off a recent really embarrassing loss to Rice uh, a couple weeks ago. Um... It concerned me. It brought up a lot of worry for me because Marshall had looked so dominant against very soft competition. Rice hasn't been great. They're much improved over who they've, what they've been historically. Um, UAB hasn't been impressive either. So the Conference USA title game is being contested between two teams that really just haven't... It's not like you're going, oh man, these teams are really good. Like in the MAC, you've got... You've got a uh, UB team that's playing great football, right? And Ball yeah. State's playing pretty good football as well. These two teams, it doesn't feel quite the same with them. UAB pulled out a close one over Rice last weekend. Um, that was the first time they'd played since October 31st. So they went the entire month of November, had all that time to prep, and only beat Rice by five. Um, they have losses on the season to Louisiana Tech, Louisiana Lafayette, you know, and then they won some close ones. Um, I'm not over overly excited about UAB. I think that Marshall is going to be able to control a game here, uh, yeah. despite that one really flat performance. A couple of numbers here for you. Marshall, very good at defense. The number two defense in yards per game, only allowing 253.9. And number one in scoring defense in college football, 11.4 points per game. That includes their 20 to nothing loss their last outing. I think it's one of those things where they had the conference game, conference championship clinched. We're probably looking ahead. Didn't really get up for it. Just a big flat spot. Moving on. Yeah. Uh, The next one, we have the MAC championship. UB Bulls versus Ball State. UB, I'm seeing them right now at minus 14. That's a big number for a championship game, isn't it? It is absolutely a big number. it's, It's tough to to look at it and go, oh, yeah, you should lay this number. But if there's anybody you should lay that number with, it's UB and the way they've been playing. Uh, Let's take a quick look back at some of their scores so far, uh, you know, of late in particular this season. Uh, The last, let's just go over the last four weeks of the season. November 10th, they beat Miami of Ohio 42-10. November 17th, they beat Bowling Green 42-17. 
November 28th, they beat Kent State 70-41. to December 12th, they beat Akron 56-7. to This is a team that is scoring at will. Anytime that teams stack the box at Jarrett Patterson, whether he's still running for 100-plus yards, even when you yeah. when you fill the box and then Van Trees hits somebody or they give it to Kevin Marks and uh, the defense gets a little lax maybe when, when Patterson comes off the field and Kevin Marks has got game. Uh, Van Trees throws it to the tight end, Lafave. Um, Antonio Nunn is a nice receiver. They've just got weapons galore and by far the best offensive line in the MAC. Yeah, I mean, the UB number one rushing offense in college football, 345.2 yards per game, and the number one scoring team in college football, 51.8 points. Yowzer, that's a lot of points and uh, to average, even in a. Uh, Ball State can score. Ball State can score, but they have the 91st overall defense. Yeah. So, could be, can they keep up scoring-wise with UB? There would have to be some turnovers or some funky stuff happening. Um, being that the game is played in a dome stadium, I don't think it's going to be a big concern there for UB. Um, you know, I think UB is going to win the football game. It's by how much. The uh, last one for Friday night, we have the Oregon Ducks getting a, a reprieve and a shot at the USC for the Pac-12 championship. This is your late game here. Looks like it starts at 8 o'clock. Uh, USC is three-point uh, favorites here. Should be really interesting. Oregon lost their last two, but backdoored with some COVID shenanigans, and now they're in there. Um, the, they lost to a Cal team who was 1-3. Cal's only win was beating Oregon. Cal's had some tough circumstances and could have been a contender in the conference this year uh, um, if it were not for some serious COVID issues to start the season and uh, other issues as far as being able to practice at their own facility and all that stuff. So it was... A, uh, that game was closer than expected, yeah. you know, to begin with. Tyler Shuck hasn't been great. Uh, he's been okay. Um, the rushing that they gave up to Oregon State, that they, they gave up a ton of yards to Jamar Jefferson on the ground. But USC can't run the ball a lick. No. So the matchup plays out pretty good for Oregon. I think we could be in for a fun football game. Yeah, I, I like both things on this. I like the spreads close because I think it should be a close game. Oregon can score. And... I like the over-under at 64. I think they're going to put up some points. Both teams can uh, move the ball offensively. USC's been throwing it all over the place. So uh, I like I like this to be a fun, high-scoring, like the perfect kind of get-ready-for-the-weekend football game. It's going to be a lot of fun. UB total, or, uh, UB, Oregon totals in the season so far, 49, uh, 72, 73, uh, 79, and then last week 38 against Cal, who mucks up games intentionally. Yeah. So... Um, you know, three out of five, they've gone over the total. And uh, I think this is a situation where you're probably looking at the same kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Let's move to Saturday, Tom. Saturday, we're going to get started with a couple. First, we're going to go with the Big 12 Championship, Oklahoma and Iowa State. Oklahoma is now five-and-a-half-point favorites over the Cyclones. Yeah, and this is a rematch from a, a game earlier this season, right? Yes. October 3rd, Iowa State beat Oklahoma 37-30. to uh, A couple stats from this. This was a very close game. The score obviously is only one touchdown. The yards difference, um, Iowa State had 417 yards. Oklahoma had 414. They each had one turnover. Um, everything was really close on both sides of the ball. Uh, I wouldn't imagine we see too much different at this, uh, you know, just two months later. 
Yeah. Um, other than, I think Oklahoma's playing better football than they yes. were at that time. Um, Iowa State is playing very well, too, though. So these are two teams that are both hitting their stride at the right time. Uh, to me, it's a, it's, a, it's a shame that Iowa State lost that game at the beginning of the season. Uh, Louisiana Lafayette, to Louisiana right? Lafayette. Because if that doesn't happen, they're in the conversation for the playoff yeah, They're here. this win away from being in the playoffs. They are. Yeah, I have that right in here. They're a couple breaks away from the playoffs. And uh, this is one of the things, like you were saying, Iowa State's five wins in a row, Oklahoma six wins in a row. These are two teams who are playing well. When at the beginning of the season, it looked like the Big 12 was just going to be really kinda, shaky. Kind of yeah. trash this year. Yeah. These two teams have kind of overcome that and some uh, bleep really well. I wouldn't want any part of Oklahoma right now. I, I think their their offense has really figured it out. Rattler's not turning it over near as much, um, and and that's it's going to make for a very very fun football game. I I don't see how um, you know Oklahoma only scored twenty seven against Baylor last week, but they put up forty one on a really good Oklahoma State defense. Yeah, um, sixty two against Kansas, sixty two against Texas Tech, thirty three against TCU, fifty three against Texas. You know their offense has has figured it out and has had some you know some reasonably tough defenses to come up against Texas and, and TCU play well defensively in Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, State plays well yeah very well so um, you know I'm excited for this game yeah that was, and again this one's right at noon we have two championship games right at noon on Saturday this Big Twelve championship which should be a blast and then the Big Ten title game Northwestern versus Ohio State Ohio State's now up to a 21 point favorite and that's um, I mean this goes without saying it's so Ohio State's offense versus Northwestern's defense. Can Northwestern slow them down enough to stay in this game? They can slow them down some. Yes. Um, whether they can slow them down enough to be competitive is a completely different story. Um, Northwestern's won a bunch of close games this year. Yeah. Uh, beat Iowa uh, 21-20. Beat Nebraska 21-13. Beat Purdue 27-20. Beat Wisconsin 17-7. Lose to Michigan State in a, you know, that seemed like, you know, they've already clinched their spot in the championship game at that point with, mm-hmm. with the other stuff going on in the Big Ten. And then they just flat out lay an egg against the, the Spartans. Um, then they beat Illinois 28-10. to um, I mean, when you listen to that, the most points they scored this year was 43 week one against a Maryland team that was just trying to figure it out yeah. and turned it over a bunch in that game. I'm... They can keep it from being super ugly, I think, with their defense. Can they keep it with a 21? Yeah. I don't know. I don't yeah, know. So you, a couple things. Northwestern is the number two scoring defense in college football, 14.6 per game. But Ohio State, the number four scoring O at 46.6. So you definitely have strength for strength. And I think when you look at the big picture, uh, we'll get to the Ohio State National Championship hopes here in a minute. They need to win, and they need to keep winning big. I, I don't think a... 35-24 wins going to do them any favors, so uh, this should be one where they keep the pedal down. And another thing that I'm looking at is like, what offense have they slowed down this year? You know, like Northwest, like, Northwest, like yeah. what what actual offense? Like yeah, yeah. The, these teams are not good offensively that they've that they've kind of limited. So that that to me is a, a bit of a factor in Northwestern success this year. They're the best of the rest right now. Right, you know, and that's basically Big Ten's been a, was a mess too. I mean, they had the Really short season. Michigan struggled. The outs. There were a lot of yeah. you know the the stuff going on at Penn State and Michigan being down and Michigan you know, State being weird. Wisconsin had a ton of COVID issues throughout the entire course of the season. It was the Big Ten had a rough year. 
And Ohio State continued doing what they do. So, you know, they just out-recruit everyone by a country mile in that area. Yeah, it's not and, even fair. <laughs> yeah, th- those teams, they have to catch lightning in a bottle if they want to compete with the Buckeyes. So, yep. next. Sunbelt Championship. Coastal Carolina takes their undefeated streak against Louisiana Lafayette. These guys have also played already. It's Louisiana Lafayette's only loss, a 30-27 to game back in October. This game was tied at the end of every of the first three quarters. Coastal Carolina scores 10 in the, in the fourth. Lafayette only 7, and that's the ball game. Uh, right now, it's a 3.5-point edge for Coastal Carolina. Should be, you know, under-the-radar kind of fun game. Coastal Carolina trying to complete the undefeated championship season. Yeah, unbelievable run for Coastal Carolina. Jamie Chadwell's squad. Um, you know, Grayson McCall's had a great fresh. That's a freshman quarterback playing yeah. for them. Um, they've got a lot of really good players there. This could be the beginning of a really dominant stretch for them, depending on whether Chadwell sticks around this year um, and if they've got somebody that can fill those shoes when he gets an opportunity to go to a bigger school. But think about it: you don't get if you don't get major uh, Power Five deals offers out there and you have to choose a school to go and play at, you can go and play in Lafayette, Louisiana, or Ruston, Louisiana, or um, Boone, North Carolina, or you can choose to go to Conway, 10 minutes from Myrtle Beach, yeah. and you know spend your time there. Um, it's, it's a really nice area. I've been down through Conway a bunch. It's It makes sense for them to be able to have some success recruiting, and who hasn't been to Myrtle Beach as a kid? A lot of these players have spent time vacationing there, probably love it, have great memories of it as a kid. Under the radar, watch moving forward for this Coastal program to continue their success. For the, As far as the game, that was a little aside, don't mind me. Um, <laughs> as far as the game is concerned, you know, Levi Lewis is a really nice dual threat uh, for Louisiana. It's going to be a fun football game. I think that... Coastal's letdown happened last week where they had a sleepy performance and managed to just kind of grind it out against Troy. But now they're going to be excited. This is this is to finish their championship. So I expect an all-in effort from both teams. I think it'll be a great game. All right, we have uh, the big one, ACC championship. Notre Dame versus Clemson. Obviously, everyone remembers that played before. Double overtime, crazy crazy game uh Notre Dame pulling it out at home 47 to 40 in the second overtime and Clemson is a 10 and a half point favorite here on the neutral field it's a big number for a team that that lost the first game to be yeah. to be laying here now but Clemson since the the game against Notre Dame has done what you would expect out of Clemson they it looks like they hit a little lull there mid-season where they had to they had to grind one out against Boston College, 34-28. Then they lose in overtime to Notre Dame. Then they bounce back um, with a healthy Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. Um, James Skalski's back on defense. Um, they beat Pitt 52-17. to They beat Virginia Tech 45-10. to All of a sudden they look like what you come to expect out of a Clemson football team. Mean- meanwhile, Notre Dame has just continued to have a tremendous season. You know, they... They played a really good UNC team, and they win the game by two touchdowns. Uh, they they beat Boston College by two touchdowns. They beat Notre Dame by three touchdowns, or by they beat Syracuse by three touchdowns. Um, 
and that that was the sleep spot there for them. Yeah. That's the one that they could have, you know. But Syracuse is just not very good. No, and they're bad. Couldn't have they're so couldn't bad. compete. So I, I expect a really good football game. It, I think if Notre Dame stays out of trouble, uh, doesn't turn it over, or you know, not have any effective running game at all, uh, they're going to be fine as long as they don't end up having to be one dimensional yeah. and fall behind early. This is going to be a competitive game. That's the only way it turns into a blowout, though. Yeah, and the Notre Dame did a really good job against ATN in the last game, 85 total yards for yeah. him. So they made a concerted effort to slow him down and say, all right, go beat us. Yeah. All right, the Mountain West Championship game, Boise State versus San Jose State. Uh, interesting game here. San Jose State's coming into it undefeated. Boise with a one loss. We're looking at, what's the spread on this one right now? Six and a half. San Jose State is... Um, the underdog is uh, plus six and a half right now. I really like the story of San Jose State this season. Um, Brent Brennan's done a great job uh, creating a resurgence in that program. You've got Boise State, the historic power, you know, that, and by all accounts, they're still really darn good, right? That They got run out of the building by BYU. BYU and was hot. BYU was firing on all cylinders at that point. But I'd like to point out, one score win over Hawaii. One score win over Wyoming. The, it's not exactly been the same dominant Boise yeah. State team we've seen in years past. And San Jose State, you know, they've, they've played a full schedule. They beat Nevada last week by 10. They beat Hawaii by 11. They beat UNLV by 17. San Diego State by 11. New Mexico by 17, limited Air Force to six points. You know, th- this is a San Jose State team that's really good. They are yeah. good, and six and a half is a lot of points for them to be getting. Yeah, they have the number 14 scoring defense in all college football, only allowing 17 and a half per game. Yeah. Uh, it should be something to see. You know, Boise State's offense has kind of come and gone in games. You see the one where you're like, all right, that's Boise State. That's what we're used to. Yeah. The big runs off out of the um, – out of the spread, some play action passes off of it. And then you look at them in another game, and they're not really doing anything. So, you know, they're a young team trying to find their own. You're not really sure with the consistency how that'll shape up when they go to play in a big game against San Jose State, who's going to be coming after it. It's going to be yeah. a lot of fun to watch that one as well. To see, I'm kind of interested to see how Boise State holds them off. The, the big thing for me is, you know, can they handle the moment? Yeah. That if they can handle the moment, then they're going to win the football game on the field because they've won all these games against similar opponents by at least two scores uh, where Boise's had to play some close ones. And, you know, they don't have a loss on their record. Obviously, if they played a BYU team, maybe they lose too. Um, But it's it's really an underrated group, even as the ranked undefeated team going into this. It's disrespectful for them to be six-and-a-half-point dogs. AAC championship game. Tulsa versus the always disrespected Cincinnati Bearcats. Luke Fickle, man. What a job he has done there. What a job he's done. You know, Desmond Ritter kind of, you know, he just survives on offense and does enough for them. He's not a great quarterback. It's all about their defense, man. They play nasty defense. And uh, I want to bet the under in this game. I don't even know what it is. Yeah, but I want to bet the under in this game. It is 45 and a half. Yeah, these teams both play really good defense. 
and I don't expect to see a ton of points here. I think you're going to see, yeah, you know, Cincinnati. Cincinnati can score. They can score opportunistically. It seems they they score a lot of points because their defense is yeah. dominating the other team's offense. So um, they they're not necessarily the team that is going to spread you out, throw it around for 460 yards and five touchdowns. And it, it, they they're an op- opportunistic defense. And they put teams in bad situations. They have great field position a lot. So I credit a lot of what they do to their defense. Yeah, uh, their defense is very good. <laughs> Ninth in yards per game, fifth in points per game. They, they do a lot of nice things over there. Uh, I, I think Cincinnati runs away with this one. But 14-point favorite, again, it's a big number for a championship game. Actually, it's up to 14.5 now. So Yeah. And then the SEC title game where the Alabama Crimson Tide will be tying their shoes twice to yeah. play the Florida Gators. Uh, this is now a 17.5 point um, margin for Alabama, and I just wanted to point out, this opened at 14. Alabama was a 14 point favorite, and it's gone all the way to 17.5 already. I kind of want to see how far that goes on Saturday. Um does it keep growing? Does it come back a little bit as people start seeing maybe value in Florida? Because um, Florida can score. They're gonna they're, they can score some points throwing the ball. Alabama's defense has gotten it together. That's the big thing to me. Uh, their offense is gonna get theirs. Their defense has gotten it together. When you look at Florida the last few weeks, uh, you see underwhelming, obviously hugely underwhelming performance against LSU losing the game. Yeah. Um, not a great performance against Tennessee winning by 12. Um, though there were some late scores by Tennessee that made that closer than it really was. Um, the Vanderbilt game to only win that 38, 17 against a Vanderbilt team. That's really not good. Um, you know, losing to Texas A&M. There's just, there's enough stuff on Florida's resume that tells me that they're in big trouble. Yeah. Um, I, don't, I don't see how they. I don't see how they even remotely slow down Alabama's offense. I'm interested to see Alabama in this game and then uh, presumably in the football playoff because I don't think they've been tested yet. That all their games they've just gotten off to good starts and, and kind of carried it out. You know, thought Georgia might be that, but they went 41-24. You know, Texas A&M they roll them 52-24. The Iron Bowl. We all know how that went. I mean, there's a game in and game out. You're like, all right, finally get to see them get a close game. How do they react? And it's just, they just keep steamrolling people. Yeah. It's, the only thing is the motivation to blow them out. I don't think that it's very high for Alabama because they're, they win no. the game, you're in easy. Even if you lose the game close, you're in easy uh, as Alabama. So, to me, I think the motivation's not going to be super high to run them out of the building. So that's the only thing that makes me question what happens with the spread. What do you think the over-under is in this game right now, Kev? If I had a guess, I'd say 68. 74 and a half. Well, that's really high. That is insanely high. I, I mean, when you look at the two teams, they both move the ball a lot. Alabama is averaging 530 yards and Florida 513. So, I mean, there's definitely points to be had, but you normally bring those numbers down a little bit when you're playing a game of this magnitude plus yeah. the, the quality of opponents. So... It'll be interesting to see how that works out. And, uh, but 74 and a half is a lot. Yeah, I, I see like 45-21 kind of yeah, thing, 45-17. Yeah. I think once uh, Alabama gets the lead, they're going to take the foot off the gas, like you were saying, and just kind of yeah, get there. Just get there. 
Yeah, and Alabama may not even get to forty-five. They may they may play at thirty-eight to yeah, thirty-eight seventeen. Yeah. And Saban's certainly going to have something schemed up to have Kyle Pitts well covered. You know, yeah. be be very interesting to see how that shakes out. Well, that's it for the college football preview. We'll get back to those games later for our picks, and uh, we'll take a quick break here, and we'll come back on the other side with. Some bas- more basketball previews. Basketball previews. All right, we'll be back right after this. We're back. And now we're going to move on to some NBA previews, right, Tom? Absolutely. Let's uh, go ahead and, and jump right in. Uh, let me just take a quick look here. I had... Uh, here, you're getting us started preview. here. Um, we're going to start with the Southeast Division, uh, finish up the Eastern Conference, and Kevin's going to get us started with... The Miami Heat, who went forty-four and twenty-nine last season. Yeah, and obviously went all the way to the NBA Finals. Yeah, um, it's a the team is pretty much going to remain the same. They they haven't made major changes to the to the team this year, and why would you with the performance that you got out of some of these young guys? Um, Dragic returned. Um, then you had Kendrick Nunn and Tyler Hero, and Duncan Robinson playing in those guard spots kind of like a interchangeable group. Um, Jimmy Butler starting at the small forward position. Um, one change is they have Mo Harkless now playing at the power forward spot um, instead of Jay Crowder. So that was one major change there. And then Bam Adebayo is uh, becoming an all-around big man. Um, this is a deep team, you know, one through seven or eight. I uh, really like that roster. Um, they get big contributions out of seven or eight guys every night. Um, then you got guys like Kelly Olynyk who can give you a few good minutes here and there. Myers Leonard, um, Andre Iguodala still still kicking around. So um, you know, and Avery Bradley's the defensive stopper they picked up. Um, you know, they can put him on a on a really good point guard and use him as the defensive stopper now. So uh, going to be a tough out this year, and I think probably a top three team in the East. Yeah, that they they showed in the playoffs last year how good they can be and how they can go on stretches of just being um, very good, very almost unbeatable at a couple times stretches there in the in the bubble time. Yeah, um, I have the Orlando Magic, thirty three and forty last year, kind of an up and down team. And when you look at what they've done, they lost DJ Augustine, but they get Cole Anthony, number fifteen pick in here, and they signed Dwayne Bacon, who. They plan on plugging in and starting right away. Uh, they got a decent team with Gordon and Nikola Vucevic uh, giving it a start here. I mean, down low, they're, they're solid. A um, couple questions for them. Can they score enough points? Last year they were 24th in the NBA in scoring. And can this bench contribute when you're looking at guys like Cole Anthony is going to be coming off the bench as a rookie, Terrence Ross, Michael Carter-Williams, like, can they do enough to help the starting five go? Um, I would tend to lean towards no. Uh, I'm, I'm just—I don't see anything here that gets me too excited besides the uh, back, uh, the front court. Yeah, there's really not much there. Uh, Washington Wizards, right? Twenty-four and forty-seven last year. Big changes in Washington. Um, they were seventh in the NBA in offensive efficiency last year, uh, surprisingly, but they were dead last in defensive efficiency. <laughs> they played they played a game where I think they scored 156 points and lost early in the season last year. Um, this, Gross. Yeah. The starting five, you've got Russell Westbrook now. Um, John Wall was traded for Russell Westbrook. That'll really be interesting to see 
the dynamic he forms with Bradley Beal. Um, Isaac Bonga at small forward. Um, Rui Hachimura, uh, who had some good moments, and Thomas Bryant at center. And then the depth behind that, you've got Ish Smith, Troy Brown. Their draft pick, uh, Denny Avdia, uh, however he says his name. <laughs> and um, Mo Wagner, Mo, Movitz Wagner, Wagner, <laughs> however he wants to say it. Robin Lopez is a nice defensive piece that can play 15, yeah. 16 minutes. Um, Westbrook and, and Beal, it'll be fun to see um, kind of what they got. In a 72-game season... Uh, I think that they're probably going to finish somewhere between ninth and 12th in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, nothing too exciting there. No, I, I, just the dynamic between Westbrook and Beal, really. Yeah. That'll be fun to watch. Charlotte Hornets is what I have next. 23-42, and 42, and obviously a lot of big changes coming. Melo Ball and Gordon Hayward are the big ones coming there. Um, their, their starting lineup is interesting. They have Ball at point guard. Devontae Graham's going to be working at sh- uh, shooting guard. Gordon Hayward, obviously, small forward. P.J. Washington and Cody Zeller up front. This is a team there, really young. They're really young. They should be able to shoot a little bit with Hayward being the addition. A couple big questions. How good is LaMelo going to be right away? Seen him in preseason a little bit. Um, scoring, a little shaky, but passing is pretty ridiculous. Yeah. Um, so, and it, can Hayward stay healthy and is he ready to play? Um, you know, 30, 35 minutes a game, because that's probably what they're going to need out of him. Not a very deep team, very young team. I think they'll have their ups and downs where, you know, if, if Ball and Hayward can get hot in the same game, they could be pretty good. But I, I think trending towards the bottom of the East, so. Yeah, um, same kind of same kind of thing yeah. you'd expect, you know, just not, not ready to be competitive. The front court's just not anything that's really exciting. Yeah, so. unless Ball just, you know, crushes it and is really really good yeah. it's, it's hard to imagine them being consistently good uh, I'm on to the Atlanta Hawks now yes, right? closing out the east with the Hawks um, obviously Trey Young is the superstar there uh, can really shoot the rock he's explosive he, he can he can do a lot of really good things I, you think back now on, on the trade made between the Mavericks and, and uh, the Hawks for Luca and Trey Young being swapped for one another. It's really not been that bad for the Hawks. It could have gone really bad if Trey Young wasn't good, but he's been all right. Um, but Luca is a uh, generational talent. He's and, amazing. Uh, though they come out on the bad end, they didn't come out empty-handed. Yes. Um, added Bogdanovich to play some shooting guard for them. Um, oh, that's good news over there, huh? Yeah, a lot of NFL news coming out. It looks like Ronald Jones was added to the revert uh, virus reserve list, and then three Ravens three. wideouts. Yeah, well, that's gonna hurt. But they didn't lose Dez or uh, Hollywood De- Brown. Dez right? is gone. He left. Did he? Took his ball and went home. He said he was done. Really? Yeah. I thought they activated him from the COVID list the other day, and then he he bailed. Yeah, huh. he's, I think he's out because he was in pregame warmups two weeks ago, and they were like, "No, you can't play." Yeah, so, I'm well, not. I'm not sure. I I thought that he was going to be back on the field this week. I thought they activated him from the COVID reserve list. Anyways, um, back to basketball. <laughs> Bogdanovich at shooting guard, DeAndre Hunter at small forward, John Collins playing power forward, and Clint Capella at center. Um, nice, nice piece there. Yeah. Um, 
Rajon Rondo added as a backup to give Trey Young a little bit of a relief. Maybe Trey Young can slide over and play some two with Rajon on the floor. Yeah, exactly. Give, give they can split minutes a little bit and yeah. Um, then you've got Danilo Gallinari who was added for some bench depth and some scoring. Um, yeah, some some shooting ability there. So not a bad team here. I, I think that they'll I think they'll be in contention for that eighth seed. Yeah. That's kind of where I see this team landing. Yeah, not awful. Definitely yeah. better than some of the teams we just went over roster-wise. Oh, we're going to start in the West now. The Northwest Division. I'm going to start us off with the Denver Nuggets. 46-27 and 27 last year. Really a fun team with Jamal Murray just playing lights out in the playoffs. Um, you have Jokic. You have Millsap. Michael Porter Jr. This team's a lot of, a lot of fun to watch. If, if you can stay up late enough to watch any of their yeah. late games. Um, I think the thing is going to be, does does Murray stay as good as he was in the bubble, or does he fall back to earth a little bit? He was averaging 18.5 points of, per game pre-bubble. In the bubble, 26.5 points per game. So that's a huge increase. Um, I, I think maybe they found something there and they can do that, but it'll be interesting to see if how much he can sustain that and, and how far they can make it go. I mean, this is a team that has competition in this division. The next couple of teams we go, we're go, we going to go over, probably the next three teams are pretty good themselves. So should be interesting to see, can they keep it up and can they win the division again? Yeah, um, you know, my first team here in the West is not a team that I think is going to be competitive with them this year. I think this is a fall-off season. The fallback. I think OKC goes backwards a little bit here, coaching change. Um, Shea Gilgis Alexander is a nice player. Um, he's going to have to lead the way now. Hamadou Diallo is expected to step in and play some shooting guard this year in a starting role. Lou Dort had some moments for sure. Um, played some tough games out there defensively, and he had he had one game where he really um, lit it up on offense, which was a bit of a surprise in the playoffs. Um, Darius Baisley at power forward, and Al Horford, the aged Al Horford at center. Mm-hmm. Been around forever. Yeah. George Hill um, will plug in at point guard uh, periodically for Gilgis Alexander. Theo Maladon, um, Justin Jackson, Trevor Ariza, Mike Muscala. When you look at the depth, it's not there. Yeah. So if this team has any injuries or needs to work in that rotation at all, I I just don't see a lot here. And I see a team that's going to regress this season. I haven't looked at the over-under totals yet. Um, but I would be trending towards uh, betting this under. Then we have the Utah Jazz, who were 44-28, and 28, the same record as the Thunder last year, but definitely a team on the rise. Uh, I love their backcourt, Mike Conley and Donovan Mitchell. I mean, you can't really ask for more. Solid basketball player, Mike Conley, does a little bit of everything, and then Mitchell just has the ability to score at any time. Um, Bogdanovich, and then Rudy Gobert becomes a big thing for them this year. One, he's a very dominant basketball player down low, rebound, defense, scores some, um, and he's a free agent at the end of this year. So does he sign long-term to stay with the Jazz and keep this kind of core together, or does he you know, test free agency and see what what's out there? They bring in Derek Favors to play a little bit, um, should help their bench. And then Jordan Clarkson last year, 15.6 points off the bench for him, uh, really good player they have. Can they break into the top four five in the West. I think this is a team that has the talent to do it, the little top heavy in the talent, the bench 
with once you get past Clarkson and Favors, not not a lot there to really get too excited about. But they're starting five. Those two main guys um, will definitely win them a lot of basketball games that you saw in the playoffs. Them and their series with Denver was just insane to watch, um, and I, I expect more fun from them in the come playoff time this year. Yeah. Um, you got a fun one next, Kev? I sure do. Um, probably my favorite team to watch outside of the Knicks. So, yeah. um, the Portland Trailblazers, uh, I think coming off like 35 and 39 last season. Yep. Um, Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum, the, the normal cast in the backcourt. Um, Nurkic still at center. Um, Derek Jones Jr. is going to play small forward. And the Robert Covington edition midseason last year. Um, really really solid guy yeah to have on this squad and i love this team one through five and i like the first couple of guys off the bench too you got Cantor who can give a a, a good breather give you good solid minutes when Nurkic plays needs. so hard yeah and then carmelo seems to have resurrected his career a little bit there um he plugged in when there were some injury troubles there and played a lot of minutes and played really well yeah. so you know, I, I'm excited to see what this team can do this year. I think they can contend for a top four spot in the conference. And I think it'll be very, very exciting to see them playing together with this core for the full, entire yeah. season. Yeah, they kind of got thrown together piece by piece throughout the season last year. And then yeah. the break, and it was yeah. a little tough. So, And they're still dangerous. Yeah, Lillard can go off and win you any game. So. Yep. I have the last one in the uh, Northwest Division. I have the Minnesota Timberwolves, who were 19-45, which earned them Anthony Edwards in the uh, number one overall pick in the draft. They've added some people. They Ed Davis and rookie Ricky Rubio, along with Edwards here. And Rubio, I guess they're going to give him the keys. He's going to be the point guard to start. So you have Rubio, D'Angelo Russell, Edwards. They plan on starting him right away at small forward. Uh, Juan Hernan Gomez and then Carl Anthony Towns, obviously. Uh, it should be an interesting thing. First, how good is Anthony Edwards going to be in his first year in the NBA? Um, he seems to have all the tools. He's got great wingspan, everything like that you'd, you'd want. Um, can Russell, Edwards, and Towns develop into a big three? That's the big question for this team. Real bad last year, but they have pieces around them with Rubio, Russell. Can they start being good enough to grow? I think you'll see a lot of up and down. You'll have some, some hot streaks, some bad streaks. But they should be a fun team to watch. I would imagine they'd be able to climb a little bit better than their record last year. But a lot of that hinges on Edwards and how he kind of meshes develops. with the rest of that group. Yeah, is he, yeah. is he gonna be? Is he gonna be a guy that's gonna be eighteen points a game his first year? You know, or does yeah. he need time? Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of question marks on this team. D'Angelo Russell, I think he's good, but probably not as good as he thinks he is. Mm-hmm. And maybe he needs to stop throwing up so many shots. And then you got Edwards and. I mean, Towns does what he does, but he's definitely not the kind of guy who's going to carry a team. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'm now, hammered takes. Yeah. We're going to talk about the college football playoff yes. and, and the teams that we think are going to be in. And then, you know, throw out some scenarios and kind of talk yeah. about the what-ifs, right? Because that's what's fun about this at this point. Yeah. we got one big college weekend ahead. So, right now, as it stands, you'd have Alabama in, Notre Dame, Clemson, and Ohio State. That's one through four. Outside looking in, you have Texas A&M at 5, Iowa State at 6, Florida at 7, Georgia at 8, and then to get real crazy, Cincinnati undefeated at 9, and Oklahoma's at 10. I'm going to draw the line there. There's the top 10 for you. Um, right away, I, 
should Ohio State be in if they beat Northwestern? Yes. They'll, they'll be 6-0. and Yeah, I think they should. I think that um, not just from their body of work, but looking at the talent that they have yeah. on the field, they're going to give you the most competitive college football playoffs yeah. by getting in at four. Yeah, I think if you go before the season, you would say this is one of the best two or three teams, so I have no problem with them getting in. They, they, they can only play the schedule in front of them. I, I say that all the time when you... If, I feel bad for teams who are like like Cincinnati. They're they're eight zero. Got a chance to be tall to be nine zero. You know, I wish they're a little higher up on this list. So if something happens, they could really have a shot. They have too many teams to leapfrog. I don't think they got a prayer. Yeah. Um, it gets a little a little dicey. So, you know, there there's some what ifs here. What if Notre Dame beats Clemson again? Does Clemson? I mean, you'd imagine they'd fall out. Here's who who gets in. This is the scenario that I would really like. To see in that in that case, I think that if that happens, I would love to have that combined with a, a dominant Iowa State win over Oklahoma. Yeah, to get Iowa State in there at four. Get Iowa State in at four. Iowa State, Alabama. Though I don't know if they would do it because of Iowa State's quality of their loss compared to Clemson's quality of their loss. And then you got Texas A and M sitting there. They're seven and one. They're going to play Tennessee this week. Unimpressive 7-1, and one, yeah. but a 7-1 and one resume from an SEC school. Are they going to let a Big 12 team jump them even yeah. if they have a dominant performance? I don't know. I don't think so. But In your mind, is there a chance where maybe Ohio State beats Northwestern by, let's say, a field goal? Mm-hmm. Is there a chance that one of these teams can leapfrog them in at number four? No. You don't think there's any chance? I don't think so. I My only suspicion is that there's there may be some... I mean, there's going to be people in the room who don't want to give them the chance because they're only going to have six games. So if it's close, they could be like, look, you know, they yeah. barely won their own championship. Let's give, you know, Iowa State, in this case, maybe they blow out Oklahoma. Maybe they have a, an argument yeah. in the room like, hey, do we really want somebody who's played six games versus a team who's 8-1 and one or 9-2 uh, and two and the Big 12 champion? So yeah. I, I think that becomes a little, a little dicey. I mean... The scenario, I don't think, even if if Notre Dame loses a close game, I think they're still in. Yeah. And I don't think that you can leapfrog A&M over them and knock them out, but I think it's going to put Notre Dame against Alabama in the first round. Yeah. Because, you know, if Clemson wins, obviously they'd go probably from three to two. Yeah. And then, you know, I mean, they might still put Notre Dame above Ohio State. If Clemson loses close. Yeah, it becomes a, yeah. I mean, because you're not. I mean, do you want to put a two-loss Clemson team um, uh, in it over maybe again Texas A&M or an, a Big Twelve champion Iowa State? Yeah, you know. It, so there may there could be some interesting things. I think I don't think Texas A&M should be five right now. I think it's part of my problem. I think Iowa State should be five, which makes it a lot clearer path for them. Because I think if you do have one of those situations where one of these four teams falls out of it, I think. Iowa State's if they beat Oklahoma, obviously all this is a what if. Yeah. If they beat Oklahoma, I think is more deserving than Texas A and M. That's that's been my feeling all along. A big conference championship win. You got a two loss conference champion again against a one loss non conference didn't even compete in their championship game team yeah. in A and M. Um, what if Alabama lost to Florida? Uh, Alabama's so, still going to be in. Alabama would still most likely make it. Yeah. Florida's got two losses. 
I don't think they can get there, even no. not with that loss to LSU. Yeah, that throwing the shoe. Yeah, it so, almost would be best if they lost. If Florida, if Florida beat Alabama somehow, just so they could not get in and they could all just turn to that guy and the and the as they're watching the bull selection to turn to him. <laughs> do they? <laughs> do, do they put Ohio State at the one? I'm talking about seeding now. Yeah. Would Ohio State be the one seed with a blowout win over Northwestern? And a Notre Dame Clemson split, and Alabama loses to Florida. Yeah, I think that's entirely possible. And you'd have Ohio State, probably Alabama, Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it it could get really. It is weird having the two and three seed playing each other, having it be a rematch. You know, because mm-hmm. if it was just the two or three seed playing, you could see one of them winning and just being gone. But the fact that Notre Dame has already beat Clemson. If they lose to them, and again, another close game. And now the three seed being a ten and a half point favorite in the upcoming yeah. game, it makes for a really weird scenario with those two teams. If if Clemson gets run in this game, I think if they lose close, they still have a chance to be the four. But if they get run, I don't think they have any chance. Yeah. If but they, they, don't, if don't they lose in overtime again, yeah. <laughs> are you going to take them all the way out? For yeah, Texas A and M, I, I, well, and then that becomes my argument. I mean, well, maybe if it was Iowa State going up, you know, if, if Iowa State beats Oklahoma by ten, now they're a two-loss conference champion versus a two-loss team that didn't win their conference championship. Right, that's lost to a, a team in there already twice. Right, and, I, and then poor old Cincinnati sitting back there at eight and zero, playing a, a ranked team for their chance to <laughs> to to get to win their title game. Has feasibly no shot. I mean, right. unless like Texas A&M loses to Tennessee, and like there would have to be like four upsets that for and for Cincinnati to have a shot, and that's that's a shame for them. I mean, you'd really need Notre Dame to blow out Clemson. Yep. Ohio State to lose to Northwestern. Yep. A and M to lose to Tennessee, and Oklahoma to beat Iowa State close. Yep. And then then Cincinnati's got a shot. Then Cincinnati could. <laughs> Backdoor their way in, potentially. <laughs> just to, just all to those things have happen. the joy of playing Alabama. Maybe I'll play just a little money line parlay on all those things to happen. Just for the fun of just it. Just for the fun of it. The, the... <laughs> so I can be a Bearcats fan for a day. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, it seems pretty cut and dry if things go the way they should based on people's ranks and the, you know, the the lines. If everything goes the way of the lines... We should see one, two, three, four, but maybe Clemson, Notre Dame flipping, but it should be those four teams. In. That's what it seems like. So, who knows? There can be some crazy things happen. Uh, we've seen it before on these championship Sundays yeah. where we're crazy or Saturdays where crazy things happen. So, no doubt about it. <laughs> should be a fun weekend. Let's talk NFL weekend. All right. Well, let's before we get into the big games. Let's kind of run down. I kind of jotted out some. Uh, the AFC and NFC playoff picture. I mean, it's that time where this has to be on everyone's mind. Uh, where do you want to start, AFC or NFC? Let's go with the NFC playoff picture. NFC playoff, playoff picture is crazy because there's a ton of teams involved. You have Green Bay, the number one seed. They have clinched their division. New Orleans, at number two, has clinched the playoffs, but not the division yet. The Rams are sitting on top of the NFC West. Um, they're at the three seed, and the Washington football team right now the victors of the NFC least and uh, are sitting at number four. Right after them, you have Seattle, who is in a lock with the Rams, both at nine and four right now. So that's going to be tight, obviously, the whole way through. Tampa Bay at six at eight and five. 
Arizona at 7-6 and six as the 7th seed. After that, you have Minnesota, Chicago, both at 6-7. and seven. You have Detroit at 5-8. and eight. San Fran, still alive at 5-8 and eight themselves. And then you have the, the group of the other NFC East teams, the Giants at 5-8, and eight, Philly 4-8-1, and, and yes, Dallas still has a chance to win the division at 4-9. and nine. They do have to run the table and need some help, but it's still possible for them to win the division. Yeah. Uh, NFC's a mess. You know, it's crazy because uh, several weeks ago we did a, a little segment about teams that we think could make yep. the playoffs that were currently out. And I went with the Minnesota Vikings. And they're still there. They're there. They're they're there. They have a great shot at this still. But they need to they play the Bears at home. Yep, that's one of my big games for the week is Chicago. It's basically an eliminator game because yep. this will be the eighth loss for one of them. Yep. And when you're looking at these other teams, Tampa only has five. Arizona has, has already a game ahead of them. Mm-hmm. You fall two games behind them. It's almost an eliminator game for those two teams. It is. And... Um, the week after that, they play the Saints. That's going to be the tough one, but the Saints aren't the same Saints that we've seen. Yeah. Um, if Drew Brees comes back healthy and is ready to go like week 15, 16, then then it could be something to talk about. But um, And then the final week of the season against the Lions. So I I still like my chances to maybe get <laughs> this one home. I got a chance here. Yeah. And uh, the Cardinals are the one that, that is really falling off a bit. Uh, they got right a little bit against the Giants this week, but uh, who doesn't get right against the Giants? Yeah, well, the Giants have played some. Yeah, they play very good defensively. Yeah, their offense is just not fun to watch. Yeah, and I can't believe all the the scenarios that could get the Forty ers still in. Yeah, if, uh, the two teams, Detroit and San Fran, at five and eight, have have a chance to win and get in. Um, so that'll be crazy to to see how that plays out. The big NFC games this week. Oh, let's do the AFC first, then we'll get into the big games. Uh, this one's a little clearer. We only have really like 11 teams that have a real shot at it. <laughs> <laughs> the Chiefs have clinched the division and are 12-1. Pittsburgh has clinched the playoffs, 11-2. Buffalo, 10-3. Tennessee holding on to the division at 9-4. Then we have Cleveland at 9-4 at the 5 seed. The Colts, who are still tied with Tennessee, 9-4. and And for the record, they've split the division series against each other, so... It's going to come down to some crazy tiebreakers towards the end if they keep it up. Miami holding on to the seven seed still at eight and five. Baltimore eight and five. Uh, the Las Vegas Raiders falling back at seven and six. New England hanging on at six and seven, and somehow Denver still at yeah. five and eight has a shot. Some things go haywire for some other teams. They also have to win out and need a lot of help. They need Miami to lose all three, Baltimore to lose all three. I don't yeah. imagine both those Baltimore teams. schedule is really bad coming up. So well, they got but, one easy game and then it's bad. What's Jag? No, Jags. I mean I thought it was all easy coming down the stretch. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, no, I think uh, they have to play. Oh no, the, Pittsburgh's is bad. Yeah, they play the Jaguars and then maybe is it the? Do they get the Jets or the Giants or somebody in there? One moment, and I will. I'm pretty sure it's it's very soft. The last three. Yeah, games. they have the Jaguars this week. Then they have the Giants, and then the Bengals. Yeah, I guess yeah. that's that's Charmin soft right there, yeah. boys. <laughs> yeah, really soft. It's very scary situation as a Dolphins fan. Um, I'm going to need, and then when you look at the Colts schedule, oh, got that, that up right now. I mean, they have the they're playing Texans at home. Then they have to go play at Pittsburgh. Then they get the Jaguars. So, I mean, you would think two and one at, at worst. 
Right, which, At worst. you know, again, puts Miami in needing to win out territory. Need to win out if with the Ravens' schedule that they have remaining. What's the Titans' remaining schedule? Lions, Packers, Texans. Yeah, they, they should beat the Lions. Uh, they play the Packers. In, in Lambeau, that might be yeah. tough. And then the Texans, the last game of the season, you know, or, yeah. or in disarray. Uh, Miami's in big trouble for making the playoffs, and that's that's the easy part of this for me evaluation for me because <laughs> they have to win out now. They've got to they've got to win three games against three teams that are all in competition for the playoffs. Um, the only hope is that they get through these first two with their beaten and battered team somehow, and then week seventeen there's nothing to play for for Buffalo. Um, which would mean Buffalo would have to lose one of the next two, which is also not likely. So we have an interesting one in the NFC North. So the Pittsburgh Steelers now have a two-game lead currently over Cleveland. They play the Bengals this week on Monday Night Football. Thanks, ESPN, for that one. Um, you imagine they, they win this game, right? Yeah. But then they have the Colts, who are no pushover by any means, and then they have to go to Cleveland. The interesting part about that is Cleveland, two games behind them, have at the Giants... Should be an easy win. Yeah. At the Jets, which screw you, Browns, for having this be your your last couple yeah. of games, and then they get to play the Steelers at home. Which if Pittsburgh loses to the Colts or you know randomly to the Bengals, that would be for the division. They'd have a home game, beat Pittsburgh. They'd they'd win the division. Yeah. That is crazy. Yeah. All you gotta do is hold hold their water against the the Giants and yeah. Jets and hope for a, a loss somewhere. And Pittsburgh's not playing well. Their defense is beat up. They're injured. I'm their gonna, offense is, I, you know, as a Dolphins fan, I'm gonna need something weird to happen. One of these teams to lose a game they shouldn't. Yeah. And um, you know, it's just not. Even the Raiders have a really tough go at it. I was looking at their schedule earlier. Uh, where's Vegas? Vegas. I mean, they're 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 playing Thursday night, so they'll be playing tomorrow night. They're playing the Chargers. And the Chargers have shown that they can play. Then they got to play the Dolphins, and then at Denver, um, none of those games are like gimmies, you know. Right. Um, so we'll we'll see what they end up doing. But even if they win all of them, the most they can get to is ten wins, which might not be enough this year in the AFC. As crazy as that is, unless the COVID thing runs rampant through that Ravens locker room and causes more chaos, <laughs> they're for getting them. to eleven. Yeah. They're gonna win. They're gonna win the rest of their games. That's right. what it feels like right now. Yeah, they're and, getting healthy at the right time. You know, it, it's crazy in a season where they extend it to seven teams making the playoffs that you're gonna need eleven wins to get in in the AFC. <laughs> I know, right? It's it's nuts. I yeah. mean, yeah, it, it could be really crazy in the AFC. And then in the NFC, I mean, we're talking about teams who are four and nine. Yeah, have a chance to win their division still. It's. That's definitely different. So uh, the big games this week, New England at Miami, uh, that's a huge one. Obviously, Dolphins, as you, as you just said, have to keep winning, and New England has to basically win out to even have a and shot. a lot of help. Yeah, so they're holding on. Chicago, Minnesota, we touched on briefly. Basically an eliminator game for one of those two teams. Um, Seattle is playing at Washington. Interesting game. Seattle's trying to catch the Rams. Washington's trying to hold on to their lead. Um, so, you know, that's, a, that's an important game in the NFL. Uh, can't the, I think the game of the week, Kansas City at New Orleans. Um, Chiefs 12-1, and one, trying to hold on to the one seed. New Orleans 10-3, and three, tied with the Packers, but based on tiebreakers are in second. Obviously with only the one team getting that uh, bye week to start the playoffs, it's more important than ever. And then the Cleveland Browns at the Giants. 
is actually very meaningful. Yeah. <laughs> Cleveland, again, we just talked about everything they need to keep winning. And the Giants are one game back of the division lead. So, yeah. It's crazy. Craziness. So, what's going on? Without further ado, let's pick some bowl games, Kev. Yeah. Let's go. Well, conference championship games, anyway. Yes, conference championship games. Bowl games will be coming soon enough. Oh, I can't. Bowl season is what I like to call money making season. Let's do this. All right. Conference USA, UAB versus Marshall. Marshall is five and a half point um, favorites. We'll, it, we'll alternate turns selecting these games. Yeah, that makes uh, sense. You want to go first or you want to go second? You tell me. I'll go first. All right. You got this game then. Um, I'm going with Marshall. I, I'm like I'm taking the defense here. Uh, they got the better defense. UAB's good. Obviously, they wouldn't be in this game if they weren't. So I'm taking Marshall minus the five and a half. All right. I'm right with you. Uh, Marshall minus five and a half in this spot. I think uh, they bounce back from their sleepy performance against Rice and have a big game. Um, I'll go first here in the UB Ball State game. And um, I've been riding them all year. I'm going to continue to ride the UB Bulls to uh, minus 14. Um, think that they can do all they want to do on offense, and I think they can do enough on defense to slow down Ball State. Yeah, I'm with you on this one, too. I just, when you look at the numbers, I, I can't see them being slowed down. And I, I, UB just, they run up the score unintentionally because they're just running the ball. It's not like mm-hmm. they're trying to run up the score. They just can't be stopped when they run the ball. So 14 points seems like nothing for them. Yeah. Pac-12, uh, USC versus Oregon. USC's minus three. I'm taking USC. I think they're a more complete team. Oregon can score, but I think they've shown recently that they... Uh, not quite up to snuff, and it's yeah, still a three. Yeah, quack, quack, baby, give me the ducks. I'll take the plus three here in this spot because Oregon's defensive weakness is against the run. USC can't run the ball at all. I think Oregon can keep it close enough, um, potentially win this game on the field. Next we have the Big 12, Oklahoma versus Iowa State. Um, Oklahoma's five-and-a-half-point favorites. Yeah, um... You first or me first? Oh, no, it's you me first. first yeah. Yeah. Uh, Iowa State plus five and a half. Uh, beat them earlier this year. I think both teams are playing really well right now. But if you're going to give me five and a half with a team like Iowa State playing as well as they're playing, I'm, I'm on them. Give me the Cyclones. Uh, same thing, same reason. I, I think this game will probably end up being closer. Um, I mean, Iowa State won by a touchdown last time. So give me the five and a half points in a close game. Yep. Uh, now we have an interesting one, the Big Ten Championship. That's at 21 points now. Northwestern versus Ohio State. And I am taking the 21 points. I just think it's too much. I think Northwestern plays enough defense. I know Ohio State's probably going to try to run it up. But give me Northwestern to keep it closer for three quarters. I'll go Buckeyes. I'll I'll lay the 21 here in this spot. uh, Because I think Northwestern's defensive numbers are inflated because of the offenses that they played this year. Um... Indiana was the toughest competition that Ohio State played. They only won by a touchdown. I think that, uh, you know, in that game they had zero of their offensive linemen. They Their entire offensive line room was not there, and they still put up 45. I think they're going to put up 50 in this game. They're going to win comfortably. Lay the 21 with the Buckeyes. Now we have the Sun Belt, Coastal Carolina, Louisiana Lafayette. Coastal Carolina, three-and-a-half-point favorites. Uh, I'm going to go with the Cajuns here. Uh, lost by three uh, earlier this season. Uh, catching three and a half here in this spot. 
Uh, Coastal Carolina is starting to show a little bit of vulnerability um, with their performance uh, last week. They, they were so up for the BYU game, it could have just been a letdown spot for Coastal last week. Um, but I, I think that uh, Lafayette is a very complete football team that's been there before. Um, they've lost to App State in this game two years in a row. This is their third opportunity in this championship game. Give me the Louisiana Lafayette and Billy Napier squad to uh, knock off the upstart, Coastal Carolina. Yeah, I have uh, Lafayette plus the three and a half as well for the same thing. I think that played really tight last time. They match up well against each other. That game was really close. Uh, like deflection, interception kind of changed it all in the fourth quarter. So give me the, give me the points. Yep. Uh, ACC championship, Notre Dame versus Clemson. Clemson, a ten and a half point favorite. You don't got to ask where I'm going. I mean, this game went to double overtime last time. Give me the ten and a half points. Yeah, um, I'm going to take Clemson minus the ten and a half here in this spot. I think that situationally it sets up really well for Clemson. Um, I know that Uangalale played great against Notre Dame last time. Um, Trevor Lawrence is is even better than that. There, I, I don't expect there to be a whole bunch of turnovers or anything, but. I think that the defense for Clemson is getting healthier. They'll shut down the Notre Dame running game, put Ian Book in some uncomfortable spots. I think they win by two touchdowns. We're not friends. (laughs) Mountain West, we have Boise State versus San Jose State. Boise State is minus 6.5. Yep, you're first. I thought I went first for Notre Dame, but I'll go Oh, you did go first, yeah. Give me the Spartans. San Jose State, Uh, Brent Brennan, upstart team. Dual quarterback system. He's playing two quarterbacks a lot this season. Uh, Looked at their performances earlier uh, tonight. We talked a little bit about it. They've beat the same teams that Boise State has beaten, uh, but they've beaten them worse. Uh, All we need is a team that doesn't feel the pressure of a championship game. Uh, I think that uh, this team, they've overcome a lot this year. And uh, give me San Jose State plus the 6.5. I'm going to play them on the money line. Yeah, I'm taking San Jose State as well. The 6.5 I think is too much. I think these teams are, are similar. Like you said, San Jose State has done better against common opponents as well. Uh, I mean, it seems like a no-brainer to take that many points in a game like that. Yeah. Um, AAC Championship, Cincinnati versus Tulsa. Cincinnati's a minus 14.5 point favorite. I'm going to take them. I, the, all their eggs are in this basket. I think they're going to go out and they're going to put it on Tulsa. I think they're way better than Tulsa. Yeah, you know, that 14.5 is a lot of points in this situation. Uh, Tulsa plays good defense too. I think this game has kept lower scoring, and I'm going to take Tulsa plus the 14 and a half here, uh, just to hang in uh, two times. I don't think they can win on the field, um, but I think they can make it challenging for Cincinnati. So I'll take the 14 and a half with the the Golden Hurricane. Sounds like something you shouldn't talk about on a podcast. Uh, or SEC, <laughs> SEC championship: Florida versus Alabama. Alabama 17 and a half point favorites. Who you like? Alabama minus the 17 and a half. Florida can't stop anyone. They just lost to LSU, who was dismantled by the same Alabama team. Uh, I think that Saban and the defense have gotten it right there. Uh, that's going to be the difference in the game. Florida's going to be slowed down. They'll only score in the teens or low 20s, and Alabama will win the game by scoring in the 40s. Yeah, I got Alabama winning too, and the 17.5 um, doesn't scare me yet, but I'm gonna, like I said, I'm going to keep an eye on it and see where it rolls on to Saturday. If it keeps going up and it gets to that 20 mark, might get uh, cold feet, so we'll see how that goes. All right. Nice little, you know, sequence there, just firing through, right? Yeah, yeah <laughs> we already previewed the game, so just get at it. Yeah. Um, only four games different there, so six of them were, yeah. were on the same side. We'll see how that goes, and then four different should be a little fun. 
uh, NFL time, and I'm still... Yeah, NFL. I'll jump in with my first pick if you'd like, Tom. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Tell me if you if you have this game on your card, um, but I'll take Buffalo minus 6.5 against Denver on Saturday. Uh, I'm going to continue to roll with Buffalo's streak here of uh, five consecutive covers. Uh, let's make it six against Denver. Uh, Denver's secondary is really wounded right now. Uh, I don't think that they're going to be able to stop Buffalo's passing game. Uh, the only concern I have is whether uh, Denver can really get their run game rolling. But if they fall behind at all, the game will get ugly. Uh, give me Buffalo minus six and a half. I like it. I have my first pick, Minnesota minus the three. I, they've, they've already beat the Bears once. They held them to 13 points in that game, which includes a 104-yard kickoff return for a touchdown. Um, they outgained them by over 200 yards. I know that they got a different, you know, Foles was quarterback that one. Trubisky's here. I, I think Minnesota's playing better than they were at that point. Give me the uh, Vikings minus the three. Vikings five and two in their last seven. The Bears are one and six. Yeah. All right. Um, next up. Um, I My next one is a is a, what I consider a layup. I'm taking Pittsburgh giving up all the points. It is, they're minus 13 right now against Cincinnati. This is a, this Pittsburgh team is going to be pissed off. They lost to Washington. They lost to Buffalo. Everybody in the world saying, what's happened to these guys? Do they still have it? They're playing a Bengals team who's rolling out. What is it? Kyle Allen? Which Allen brother is, is playing quarterback for them? Yeah. <laughs> Bengals here. Brandon, Brandon Allen. Allen. Is yeah. it him or Ryan Finley? I haven't heard. Uh, last I heard it was going to be Brandon Allen. It, it's going to be interesting to see what he can do. That Steelers defense is still get after the quarterback. Um, not everyone is able to elude pressure and make it look as easy as Josh Allen seems to do. Roll to your right, make a throw. So give me that Steelers, very angry Steelers team to, to put it on the Bengals, really. Yeah. Um, and were we going to do, uh, we're going to do a separate money line pick yes. because we've been so hot on the money line. Money picks, lines are, right? money lines are where we at. Yeah. Okay. Um, so my first, my next spread pick here, take me to, uh, Atlanta here. I'm going to take Atlanta plus the six and a half against Tampa. Atlanta's found some stuff on offense. If Julio Jones is healthy enough to go, um, I think that they're going to be able to score some points in the game. I've been disappointed with, with some of Tampa Bay's efforts, and periodically they just have a sleepy one, right? Um, they've had some recent strong performances. I'm afraid this could be another one of your, their snoozers. Um, I like, you know, Raheem Morris, and, and you know, he's re-energized that, that organization a little bit. Um, so give me, give me the Falcons here, plus the six and a half. I have, for my third and final pick, I got Baltimore, minus 13. It's another team who needs a win and they're playing an easy team at home jaguars coming to baltimore the ravens are just they're, they're playing really well now that you know as long as we don't have any more bathroom breaks we should be all right yeah um give me baltimore minus the 13 yeah makes sense there uh, can't can't dispute that one i think that they they're they're in a situation where they need it you know yeah absolutely uh my final selection of the week and I'm going to stay on Saturday here, or go back to Saturday, I guess. And uh, I, I'm going to actually, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm actually going to go with the Carolina Panthers against Green Bay. Um, Carolina's find a way to, found a way to hang in games all season long. Uh, I think they're going to do it again here. Um, defensively, I'm concerned that they give up a ton, but they may get McCaffrey back this week, kind of up in the air. So 
I'm a, I'm a, I love the idea of uh, Carolina going in against a Green Bay team that may be overlooking them a little bit in this situation. Tom, what's Green Bay's schedule been around? Let me, I can take a quick look at it here. Um, but it looks like they've had a bit of a potential letdown spot here. You have uh, last week they played <clears throat> a tough game down to the wire against the Pack, right? They're against the Lions. Uh, this week they play non-divisional opponent, um, the Panthers, Saturday night, a <clears throat> little bit short rest for both teams. Then next week they've got a big game against the Titans. So for me, I think that they could sleepwalk through this Panthers game just a yeah. little bit, just enough to let Carolina hang in this game. Uh, my money line pick, I'm going with the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas Cowboys are hosting the 49ers. Give me the Cowboys plus, it's at 140 right now. I'll take it at that. I had it at 135. So Dallas plus 140. This is a gut game here for me. Dallas has been playing a little bit better. 49ers is still a bit of a mess. Um, give me Dallas plus the 140. All right. And uh, I'm going to go to a game that you played just two weeks ago okay. on my money line play of the week. And it's the Houston Texans to beat the Indianapolis Colts on the field. Um, Man, that one guy hosed. And you, that's exactly what Deshaun Watson thinks right now, too. And then they go out and lay a complete egg in Chicago yeah. the next week. This is going to be a pissed-off Texans team. This is going to be a team that thinks that they let this Colts team off the hook. They don't like them. You know, divisional opponent. They're not fans of each other. I'm not overly impressed with the Colts. The Colts are riding high off of their previous victory last week. I think that maybe maybe the Colts just kind of overlook Houston just a touch here and put them in a bad spot looking ahead to the big Steelers game next week. Yeah. So give me the Texans to backdoor them, win this football game, and uh, kind of throw a little wrinkle into the playoff picture. And some of that fun. With that upset. And now we have our consensus pick. We have talked about this one a little bit. And we are going with the Kansas City Chiefs on the road, minus three and a half at the New Orleans Saints. Uh, get on this one fast because it could It's get climbing. It. It's already yeah. climbing, yeah. yeah. Get on it fast. Um, I think the Chiefs are just the better team, even if Drew Brees is there. I think they're the better team. And with Taysom Hill, I think they're much better. Um, yeah. I watched the entirety of the Chiefs game last week and saw the explosiveness of that offense firsthand. They turned it over four times and still scored 33 in the game. Uh, it's a team that's going to, if they play a clean game, you know that Mahomes is coming off that dirty game. Only the second time, second or third time in his career he's thrown multiple interceptions in yeah. a game. You know he's going to be focused and sharp. That game did nothing but wake them up as opposed to being a battle. You know, they Miami got back late. Um got close late but this is was a wake-up call for them uh the, yeah. the four turnover performance you know that's going to be a focus this week in practice huge game for them to continue their their run at the one seed and get that by so i love the chiefs to win this game potentially double digits yeah big win for them coming i'm, I'm pretty sure of that that's why it was an easy consensus pick for us we we threw one game at each other and we're like yep let's yeah. go <laughs> Yeah, so that'll do it for this week, that'll right? That'll do Tom? it, yeah. Next week we're going to have some more fun. We'll have some bowl games to kind of throw out there, talk about a little bit. We'll 
more NFL action. We got more NBA previews. We finished the last two divisions. We're going to talk a little bit about our playoff picks for the NBA. And uh, we may have a hammer take that is NBA-oriented as well. We'll see. Sounds like a great time. Uh, next week, come back here. Hopefully we have great results from those picks that we gave out this week. Um, Twitter activity picked up this week for sure. So follow us at hammered underscore sports. We gave out some picks on uh, on Twitter that were pretty successful. Gave out some winners. Gave out some winners early Saturday morning, late Friday night, early Saturday morning. We gave out a couple of winners. So yeah, game day winners are, are uh, always fun. Yeah. So make sure you're following us, paying attention uh, to the Twitter feed. Uh, next week we'll be back with more winners and uh, lots to talk about. So enjoy this amazing weekend of football, guys. See ya. See ya.